Each incidence of lithium toxicity takes a toll on the kidneys. And today, we show you how to avoid that in the third of our Psychopharm Commandments. Welcome to the Carlette Psychiatry Podcast, keeping psychiatry honest since 2003. I'm Chris Aiken, the Editor-in-Chief of the Carlette Psychiatry Report. And I'm Kelly Newsom, a psychiatric NP and a dedicated reader of every issue. Some things in psychopharmacology are black and white, and lithium toxicity is one of them. Which brings us the third psychopharm commandment, but first a recount. 1. Do not worsen mental illness with psychiatric medications. Like, don't use stimulants in psychosis or start antidepressants in mania. 2. Avoid stopping meds abruptly, particularly benzodiazepines and serotonergics. And today, 3. Prevent lithium toxicity by keeping tabs on drug interactions, your patient's age, and their renal function. There's a fine line between toxic and therapeutic lithium levels, and drug interactions and slowed renal functions are the most common things that raise this drug. Age is another one to watch for, in part because the kidneys tend to slow as people age, but also because older adults are more sensitive to lithium toxicity. If your patient is taking lithium, ask about any new medications, particularly blood pressure meds and pain meds. Ask about any pain meds, but what you're looking for are the NSAIDs. Ibuprofen, naproxen, celecoxib, they're problematic, but aspirin and acetaminophen and Tylenol are okay. Even highly educated patients are sometimes strangely unaware of what meds they take. I remember one man who got toxic on only 300 milligrams of lithium a day. He was young and in good health, and I asked him repeatedly if he was taking ibuprofen or any pain meds. He denied it. Then, a year later, he said, You know, come to think of it, I was taking a lot of ibuprofen when we tried lithium last time. If your patient does get lithium toxic, have them drink lots of fluids. Gatorade is even better to flush it out because it has similar osmolality to normal saline. And have them go to the emergency room. They may need IV fluids to flush the lithium out faster. Sometimes the emergency physicians will tell the patient never to take lithium again. But that is not the standard of care. Lithium toxicity is bad for the kidneys but it's not a reason to stop lithium forever. As long as the toxicity is understood and can be avoided, you can try lithium again at a lower, cautious dose. Every episode of lithium toxicity takes a toll on renal health, damaging the renal tubules like a blow to the back. But there's a positive side to this story. While high levels damage the kidneys, there is evidence that lower levels do not. The cutoff is above 0.8. We know that from an informative study that was launched in Scotland on the turn of the millennium, January 1st, 2000. Over the next 12 years, they followed 300 patients on lithium to see which factors led to renal problems, using a separate group of patients with bipolar who did not take lithium for comparison. Surprisingly, the patients on lithium ended up with the same renal health as the ones on alternative mood stabilizers, meaning that lithium had no effect on renal function. That was true for the group as a whole, but there were a few subgroups who did not have such good renal outcomes on lithium. 
those who had poor renal function to begin with, those who were taking other nephrotoxic drugs, and those who experienced lithium toxicity or levels greater than 0.8 millimoles per liter. That is good news, because when you are using lithium for long-term maintenance or for treatment of acute depression, the target blood level is right in that safe range, 0.6 to 0.8. But those targets are different in older patients because the blood-brain barrier breaks down after age 65, allowing more lithium to enter the brain. That means that older adults might get lithium toxic at lower serum levels, with central nervous system symptoms of lithium toxicity is what I mean there. In other words, coarse tremor, dizziness, and cognitive changes. So they might get that way at lower serum levels than younger adults. And on the other hand, older adults might respond very well to lower serum levels because they're still getting enough in their brain. So aim for about 20 to 30% lower lithium levels after age 65. Another reason you'll need to lower the lithium dose with age is that the kidneys slow down with age, and lithium rises as the kidneys slow down. So besides drug interactions, you also have to keep an eye on their age. That's not hard to do, and their renal function. If the creatinine starts to rise, bring the lithium down to the lowest level they can stay well on. If it rises above 1.5, get a nephrology consult. At that point, you'll usually need to try coming off the lithium and do so gradually over at least a month. If the patient gets worse, you'll need to try another med. But if nothing else works, you may need to go back to lithium. Mark Fry, the chair of psychiatry at the Mayo Clinic, wrote an incisive paper with his colleagues in 2014 called Every Reason to Discontinue Lithium. The title was a play on words. They actually concluded that there are no absolute reasons or absolute contraindications to stopping lithium. And they described a woman whom they had kept on lithium even as her renal function slowed because no other medication worked for her bipolar disorder. Now, it might sound like Dr. Fry is valuing quality of life, feeling good, over serious medical problems like renal failure, but he is not. For some patients, the risk of death is greater off lithium than on it because of a common preventable cause of death, suicide. Lithium and clozapine are the only psych meds with strong, robust data showing anti-suicide effects. The brain and the kidneys are both vital organs, and they are arguably the most vital in the body. The body goes out of its way to save the brain and the kidneys at all costs. What I mean by this is that when someone is drowning at the bottom of a lake and running low on oxygen, blood flow is diverted to save the brain and the kidneys through a process called autoregulation. We face the same dark dilemma when deciding to stop lithium in these cases when the renal function is declining. We've talked today of the Ten Commandments, aspects of psychiatry that are clear-cut, black and white, like don't let your patient get lithium toxic. But we're going to end here on a grayer note. When it comes to choosing between the brain and the kidneys, there is no right answer. 
It's different for every patient. We'll be back in two weeks with the fourth commandment, where you'll learn what to do and what not to do when a patient has a rash on lamotrigine. Until then, catch us on Thursdays for a new edition of the podcast stream, Throwback Thursdays. We're dusting off our old episodes, updating the content and adding CME credits. And give yourself some CME credit for listening to this episode through the link on the show notes. 